The sermon from St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, member of the Wells, from December 19, 2010, Advent 4. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God, through which the Holy Spirit brings us our Savior, is Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. The origin of Jesus Christ was like this. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child from the Holy Spirit. Since Joseph, her husband, was just and did not want to make a show of her, he decided to divorce her quietly. When he had thought over these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, for what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he's the one who will save his people from their sins. This whole thing has happened to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin will be with child, and will give birth to a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. After Joseph got up from his sleep, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took his wife home. He did not know her until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This is the word of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. What should I do? Mary's been unfaithful to me. Three months ago she went to visit her relatives in Judea, and now she comes back pregnant. Sometimes we so sanitize the birth of Jesus, turning it into a child's bedtime story that we forget the real-life people and their struggle. Even worse, in fact, far, far worse, we forget the miracle, or at least fail to fully appreciate and value just how astounding and earth-shattering the wonder and mystery of this birth is. It's not just another birth. It's not simply that miracle of life. It's not like after a difficult pregnancy or delivery when we call it a miracle because we thought that maybe the mother or the baby wouldn't make it. Yes, even the word miracle fails to bring home to us what a great and mighty wonder this birth is. It's so much greater than turning water into wine or healing the sick or walking on the sea or calming a storm or even raising the dead. Some of our best-loved Christmas carols place this miracle right in front of our eyes, but do we contemplate it as we sing the words or hear the melodies? Round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild. Do you think about those words? How can anyone be a virgin mother? That's a biological impossibility. Or a holy infant, aren't we all born sinners? Do you see the wonder? Or another example. Filled in the flesh the Godhead see, Hail the incarnate deity, Pleased as man with us to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. 
if you think about those words, they are a wonderful commentary on that name, Emmanuel. And so today, dear friends, as we place ourselves with Joseph once again, let's contemplate the wonder of that name, Emmanuel. Why is this baby Emmanuel? May the words of the Holy Spirit open our hearts and minds to taste this mystery and believe all the more that this baby is our God in the flesh, born of the Virgin, and that he is our Jesus, come to save. That, dear friends, that is why he's Emmanuel. Now, Joseph. Joseph was betrothed to Mary. That's much more than our modern getting engaged. They had made illegally binding promises to be husband and wife. Sometime after the betrothal, the husband would take his wife home. This was often a week-long wedding celebration with family and friends, and it was only at this time that sexual relations would begin. Yes, Joseph and Mary were betrothed, but he had not yet taken her home. There was no way she could be pregnant by him. So what was he to do? The betrothal was legally binding, only a divorce could break it. Should he pretend this was no big deal and go ahead with the wedding? That wouldn't be right. He could publicly accuse her of adultery. That would certainly vindicate his honor and give him proper grounds for divorce, but how that would destroy her life, condemning her as an adulteress. So Joseph decided to use the lax divorce laws, like our no-fault divorce. Then Mary wouldn't be exposed to any greater public shame. And maybe, as we think about it, as a side note here, what an example for us as we make our decisions to want to do what is right in God's sight and what is loving and kind to others. But back to Joseph now. Maybe as we think about Joseph and his struggle here, we wonder why Mary didn't tell him about the angel Gabriel. How the angel appeared to her and told her that the power of the Most High would overshadow her and the Holy One to be born would be called the Son of God. But put yourself in Joseph's place. What would you have thought if she came to you with that story? It's bad enough, Mary, that you were unfaithful and broke our betrothal. But now to drag in the Lord with this preposterous story and to try to cover up your sin, how blasphemous! And so Mary left it in the Lord's hands. How marvelously he worked it out. And as another side note, maybe that's a good example for us. When something is beyond our ability, beyond our power, or outside of our given role or or duty in life, maybe we need to leave it in the Lord's hands to work out like Mary did. And oh, how God worked it out, didn't he? As God had planned out from all eternity and revealed through the prophets, the Christ would come into this world in a most astounding and yet lowliest of ways. Like any other child, he would be born from a mother. And in the lowliest of conditions for that matter, with only an animal's feeding trough for a bed. How lowly for him who is the mighty God who holds the universe in his hands, through whom all things were created. He did not come in his divine glory or heavenly majesty, but as a helpless infant. 
And how astounding. For he has no biological father. He was conceived without any male contribution. And if you remember the genetics of X and Y chromosomes, there is no way, not even with cloning, for a female to produce a male. All that, dear friends, all that is in that little word, virgin, which we so easily pass over as just a a nice title for the the mother of, of, of our Savior. No. That wonder, that miracle, is in that word, virgin. Let's not pass it over lightly. Rather, appreciate the astounding miracle worked by the Holy Spirit. That's what the prophet foretold. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. But, dear friends, as astounding as that virgin birth is, it's not the greatest miracle or wonder that God worked here. In fact, it's only the vehicle God used to work a far, far greater miracle. And yet those who deny the lesser miracle of the virgin birth cannot help but deny the greater one. And what is that great and mighty wonder surpassing all miracles, this mystery beyond mystery? In a word, Emmanuel. Yes, dear friends, Emmanuel, God with us, God in the flesh, God incarnate. How can the eternal, almighty, omnipresent God take a full human nature, body and soul, into his person? Consider the great mystery and wonder of it, dear friends. How can he be both the Son of God and the Son of Man? How can his humanity not be consumed by his divinity? How can his divinity not be debased by his humanity? How can he remain fully divine while at the same time becoming fully human? How can the Word who is with God and is God become flesh? How can he be Emmanuel, God with us, God in the flesh? What a great and mighty wonder so far beyond our comprehension. What a great and mighty wonder. Ponder that mystery today, dear friends, as you eat his body and drink his blood. For only Emmanuel, God in the flesh, could be with us in such a marvelous way as he is in the Lord's Supper. Yes, ponder that as you kneel at the manger with Mary and listen again to the shepherds tell of the angel's message, this baby is Christ, the Lord, yes, the Lord God Almighty. He is Emmanuel, God with us, God in the flesh, born of the Virgin. What a great and mighty wonder. But why? Why did he come as Emmanuel? The name Joseph was to give him answers that question. Joseph was to take Mary home as his wife, not to cover up an illegitimate birth, but, but dear friends, to serve as the earthly guardian, the legal father for the Christ child. And in this God-given role as the child's legal father, he was to give him the name Jesus. For that's why he came into this world, to save his people from their sins. The name Jesus comes from the Hebrew name Joshua, which means the Lord saves, or the Lord is salvation. What a fitting name for our Savior. And notice how the angel is specific. He will save his people from their sins. 
Those last little words reveal the lie of those who want to use Jesus for earth-centered peace or political gain. He came to deal with our sin, our separation from God. For you and I, we, we were born as rebels. We were born at war against, my, against God, our sinful minds hostile toward him, warring against him. Our sin condemned us to death and damnation, endless darkness, hell and torment. But the God whom you rebelled against came to save you. He is Jesus, the only begotten Son of the Father from eternity. He is Jesus, the God-man, Emmanuel. He is Jesus, your Savior. Yes, dear friend, your Savior. That's why he became fully human in every way like you and me, except without sin. He did so to be your Savior by taking your place under the law as your substitute by suffering for your sins instead of you, by dying your death and then rising from the dead, the first fruit, the promise that you, yes, you who are his people through faith in him, you will also rise from the dead and live and reign with him eternally, for he is Jesus, your Jesus, come to save. Only Emmanuel, God with us, could do this work. Only Emmanuel can be our Jesus, our Savior, for no mere human, not even a perfect human, could save you and me. That's how lost we were. It's divine work, God's work. Only the Lord God saves. But how could God take our place? How could he suffer and die for our sins unless unless he himself also became one of us. So the Son of God, who was one with the Father from all eternity, eternally begotten of the Father, yes, God the Son came to be with us so closely that he took our human nature into his person. So he is true man and true God, fully human and fully divine, Emmanuel. And only he, Only the God-man is our Jesus, our Savior. So this Christmas, dear friends, as the Christmas carols ring out and the name Emmanuel sounds out, contemplate and taste this most marvelous of mysteries that we celebrate at Christmas. This baby is our God. He is Emmanuel, God with us. For he is our God in the flesh, born of the Virgin. He is our Jesus, come to save. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.